0: I'll be completely honest. Tonight's will be a little different. Um, what you have in front of you. I, I wanted to start talking about Purim, so I wanted to share a word on Purim. I say that I used to say this often. It was partially because I was stressed, but I used to say, "I don't know how long this is going to be." I legitimately don't know how long this share is going to take. I I, 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 This was an idea that I had. I, I can't say that I saw it anywhere. So therefore, the entire thing might be, uh, might be not accurate. But I, I think it makes sense, and it's based on something I've concepts I've heard from my brother. Uh, so that's MS, so we'll see. Just to start, I, I typed up some arma but we'll read it together, but it's more the concept. We know this is Parshas Parsha We read the Shkolem. Now, the mitzvah Machzah Shekel was a mitzvah that the Jewish people would give Machzah Shekel in the times of the Beis HaMikdash. We don't have a Beis HaMikdash anymore, so we don't donate a half a shekel yearly, but we read about it, and that's our way of fulfilling. The truth is, uh, just a little history on it, the Jewish people would donate the machetzes a shekel uh, It would have to be in by the first of Nisan. The first of Nisan is when you'd have to donate it by. But the Mishnah in the beginning of Shkollim already tells us that they would start announcing it on the first of Adar. They would already start announcing on the first of Adar. They would start sending people to every shul and to every yeshiva saying, hey, start donating, start getting your funds together. Why is it significant that although that they gave it on the first of Nisan, they would already start publicizing the giving of the Machzah Shekel on the 1st of Adar, so why why is that significant that it's a month before? So you'll say, well, that's how long it takes. The truth is, the Gemara tells us an amazing thing in Gemara Megillah, it says, The truth is, uh, if you if you you go through the Megillah, the Jewish people were supposed to be killed uh, on the 13th of Adar. That's, that's when the the lottery of Haman came out but when did Haman do the lottery and he did the lottery in the beginning of Nisan so Haman on the beginning of Nisan already does the lottery goes to Ahasuerus and gives him the money the 10,000 half dollars to purchase the right to kill the Jewish people in order to preemptive to preempt Haman he on the 1st of Nisan he's Using money to destroy Klal Yisrael, we already talked about the Machas Shekel a month before. So us doing Parsha in this Shabbos is a way of sort of defeating Haman. That Haman uses money, uses half coins to purchase our demise, and Hashem preemptive. You know, he he preempts the It's the Rafua Koydulamaka. It's the It's the medicine before the illness. A month before, we're already talking about the mitzvah of machzah shekel. So we're using the same coins for a mitzvah. The Gemara already says this: l'shkalav. Our shkolim go before his shkolim. Hashem is machzah shekel. nisyos. Shalom lavi machzah In the beginning of Adar, we're already start announcing. We're reading Parsha Shkalim. is always around Rishchod Adar. The Adar is this coming week. That's why the Shabbos before it's Parsha It's always that. If you ever want to know when Shabbos shko, Parsha it's always the Shabbos before Rishchod Adar. Um, so th- this Shabbos, we're going to read from the Torah the beginning of Kisisa, which is the mitzvah of giving a half shekel, a half uh, that denomination, and that's always the beginning of Rosh Chodesh Adar because to preempt uh, Haman, that Haman uh, used coins to destroy Klal Yisrael in a negative way. We've already been talking about coins in a positive way as a mitzvah before. Fine. Which means the Machzah Shekel is like the way to beat Haman. Right? That's like the way to beat Haman is through the Machzah Shekel, through us donating a half shekel yearly on the beginning of Nisan, or nowadays through reading the Torah. By the beginning of it, giving the Machzah Shekel, we're somehow defeating Haman. The question is how. Okay, So this is my thought. Um, I saw this from Rav Kluger. The truth is it's posh. It. He just points it out and it started to make me think. There are two villains in the story of Purim. We have Haman and you have Achashverosh. I mentioned this last year, that if you read if you read the history really of Tanakh, Achashveresh is portrayed as like a bumbling fool a little bit. He was evil. He was mamish arash a Rasha hagemurah. The Gemara already said that he and Haman were were uh, like twins in their desire to destroy Klal Yisrael. He, before the story of Purim, they had already started rebuilding the second base, and he stopped it. He was a very, very bad person. The Radak even says, it's very simple, so why is he portrayed not as evil as Haman? The only reason is because they wrote the Megillah when he was still king. So you can't write a book when he's still king about how evil he is. So the Chazal had to hide his evilness in the story. But if you learn the Gemara in Megillah, he was a terrible, terrible person. But Haman and Achashverosh were different types of evil. Rav Kluger points this out in number two. This is from the Sefer Shabit HaZahov in Nun Zayin. He says, HaMelech Shefesh El I'll say this outside. Achashveresh is evil. His Yei was taiva. It was taiva. It was debauchery. It was low. He made parties and men weren't dressed and women weren't dressed and they were getting drunk. It was the Yei harav of taiva. Of just being base and being disgusting and being a very low human being. That's what his evil. And that's how it manifests itself through Taiva. But says of Kluger in Maramaka number three, Haman was different. Haman Harasha Hagogi Haman rises to power. Who Hitzia Ideal Shiva Haman had a different type of evil. He wasn't into that debauchery and that low and that taiva Haman was covered, was honor Haman was all about his covered, his honor his self-respect all of the money, right? Shavali, right? Haman says to his wife I have everything but I can't stand the fact that Mordechai won't stand before me if Ahasverosh is taiva then Haman is covered. okay now, when these two people get together, it creates a big, big problem. Now, this is where my mind was thinking. My brother once gave a shear, and I'll tell you what he said. The truth is, in the Marmachimus, Marmachim number 4, 5, and 6 are from his... Don't, don't tell me. he won't hear this. It's from his personal notes, but I, I happen to have a copy of his personal notes from a uh, shear he gave many years ago. And I... Um, I decided to bring it over here. The Pesach tells us in the end of Toldos that when Esav saw that Yitzchak had given the brachos to Yaakov, the Pesach says, Esav, ki rose aviv. Esav sees that the daughters of Canaan are not good for, Yitzchak won't approve of these women. So what does he do? Esav el he marries the daughter of Yitzchak. Esav and Yitzchak get together. The truth is like this. The same way Haman and Ahasuerus symbolize these two types of evil. The truth is, they weren't the first. Esav and Yeshmal are prototypes of evil, as I'll explain in a moment. And when they get together, it creates big problems. You see, Esav, after seeing that the brachas were given to Yaakov, his last attempt is to he joins forces with Ishmael Esav, i guess nowadays we would call it islam and christianity but those people of Esav and Ishmael they marry Esav marries into Yeshmal. so in makam number 4 yasi writes over here mevorbes farmakadoishm this farmakadoishm tells us bas isha the same way Esav himself married the daughter of Ishmal and joined forces to Yishmol, so to the Svarm tell us, and this is a type of, you know, think about this on your own, you know, try to connect the dots in your own way. The Svarim Kadeshim tell us that before Mashiach comes, Esav and Ishmal will join forces. In some way, Islam and Christianity will somehow join forces in a last attempt to overcome Klal Yisrael, to overcome good, and we know it'll fall, because Mashiach will eventually come. What does it mean, Asa and Yishmol, and why is it that when they join forces, why is it that when Haraman and Achashverish, both evil people, when they get together, really bad? Asa and Yishmol, both really bad, evil people, when they get together, really bad, and what's the way to fix that? So, in Mar-Makum number five, It's like this, when it comes to in a spiritual sense, I saw he talks about this in many places. He talks about this in, um, I think in Megillus Rus a little bit. He talks about this in a couple places. Rav Tzadik says, Esav and Yishmol symbolize two different main Yitzharahs. Main evils. We know that Yitzhahara has many manifestations. Uh, the evil inclination has many ways to get you to sin. But says Rav Tzaddik, there's two main categories of sin. And every other sin can somehow be found in those two main categories. That's what Rav Tzaddik says. Rav Tzaddik says like this, roshe yitzhahara If Yitzhahara is a bad guy, there's two head bad guys. Those two head bad guys are Yitzra the Taiva, there's a yei of taiva, of lust, of sexuality, of immorality. And that also has within it many subcategories, but that's the main category of lust. And that is Yishmol. Yishmol, the Gemara says, that the Islam, yishmal the Gemara says, that they were the most connected to znus, to immorality, much more than any other non-Jewish counterpart. The other bad guy, so if the number one bad guy is yishmal it's like interesting, it's like Avram Avinu had two children, right? He had Yitzchak and yishmal yishmal is that concentrated evil, and Yitzchak is the perfected version. And then you have Yaakov has two, right? Yitzchak has two, it's Yaakov and Esav. So if yishmal is the head bad guy of Taiva, that's Achash Veresh, Then who is the other head bad guy? The other head bad guy says Rav Tzadik. Kas is anger. Anger, murder, kavod. So you have have these two different types of ra. You have these two different types of evil. You have Yishmal and Asav. You have Ahashverish and Haman. You have anger, kavod, and taiva and lust. And I'll explain why when they get together... It's so problematic. So, says of Tzadik, the shu Shubachinus Let me explain it outside. Why is it so difficult when they get together? The answer is like this If you have someone, you have a Jew who's struggling with the Hara of Yeshmal, of Achashveirish, of Taiva. You have a guy who's looking at things you shouldn't see. Okay? And he's uh, stuck. He's having a very, very difficult time in that area. So he is, he is being wrestled by Yishmol, by Ahasuerus, by Taiva. By the way, included in Taiva is laziness, sadness. What's the, way to, what's the way to overcome that? If you have a person, I pick a guy just because it's, it's, it's the area I feel comfortable, but it applies to women as well. But if you have a person that's being struggling with Yishmo, He's struggling with Ahashverus. He's struggling with debauchery, with morality, with taivu. How do you fix that? The way you fix that is by giving him honor, meaning in a good way. You raise him up and say, hey, the Valtanya writes this, the Valtanya says that when a Jew thinks about something inappropriate, it's like the head of the prince being placed in a bedpan, meaning in the toilet. Meaning when a Jew, if you want to overcome your shmuel, the way to do that is to remind yourself who you are. Remind yourself, you're a prince. You're a prince amongst nations. And that quality of of wanting to be base and and to do things that are disgusting, you remind yourself, you're much better than this. The way to overcome Yishmael is through self-respect. makes a lot of sense. If you have a kid that that's, and then, by the way, the truth is, that's that's the simple thing. If you have a person that's doing things, he's a gambler, he's he's uh, seeing things he shouldn't see, you just remind yourself, you remind them, say, hey, come on, you're much better than this. Come on, like, like pick it up, you're better than this. You remind yourself who you are, you lift the person up. It's called a Gaiva de Kedusha, a holy haughtiness. You remind yourself who you are. You're much better than this. That's how you deal with Ahasuerus. That's how you deal with Yishmael. That's how you deal with Taiva. But what happens when you have someone that's struggling with Asav? He's struggling with Haman. He's struggling with honor. That he's a Balgaiva, he's a haughty person. And he doesn't understand how come he doesn't get an Aliyah and Shul. And he doesn't understand how someone could sit in his seat. Where his Yetzirah is not Yashmal, it's Asav. For such a person, you have to humble the person. For such a person, you have to remind yourself hey, you're not the best thing in the world, you're a mere mortal. And you got to calm yourself down. It's like Rav Simcha Bunim used to say, you have to have in both pockets, in one pocket you have to say the entire world was created for me, and in the other pocket you have to say that you're, uh, you're a dust and ash. an And a Jew has to just know which one to use. But here's the problem. When Esav and Yishmol get together, when Haman and Achishverosh get together, what are you supposed to do? To overcome yishmal you got to raise the person up. To overcome Esav, you got to lower him down. So how do you play both cards at the same time? How do you raise him up without him becoming a Balgaiva? And how do you lower him down without losing him to the baseness of the world? How do you how do you fight those two things? And that's why it's such a difficult thing. That's why when you have Esav and Yishmal they get together at the end of Parshas Toldos because they know how do you fight both of us at the same time. And that's why when Haman and Achashveresh join forces, it's like, how do you fight that? So how, how could you fight that? You have someone who's overcome, Klai is both facing at the same time. It's actually a very interesting thing. Rev. Cook writes, he has a, an essay called Hadar, and he starts off the letter of the essay called Hadar, where he says, Hadar Azek, Kulay Zakai ve Kulay This generation is both 100% innocent and 100% guilty at the exact same time. It's actually, a very I've never thought about this. That's why this is just more of a free-flowing thought. You actually have this generation. It's actually a very interesting mix because you have people that are doing things that are very low. Like, they're doing things behind scenes. There are Jews, unfortunately, that are acts, whatever. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not judging or blaming, but they're, they're doing things that are considered much lower than... They're doing your small acts, but they also walk around wanting honor. Like, they also, like, want... They also are being struggling with Aesav. That like you have Jews now, right, at the end of time that they're like both struggling with Aesab and Ishmal. Like the same people who want honor are also not people worthy of honoring. And and they're sort of joining forces. You have Taiva and Covet at the same time. You have Aesav and Ishmal, you have Haman and Achashvarish. And like how do you deal with that? How do you tell someone who's dealing with base stuff, lift him up, but he's also dealing with it with a covod problem, with an honor problem. So lower him down. So it's like how do you deal with Esau and Ishmael at the same time? So this is a insight I heard from Yossi. He said like this, Yaakov Avinu sends a message to Esav in the beginning of Parshets Vayishlach, and he says, li shor I have the ox and the donkey. So the simple explanation of the Pasuk is he's telling him, I have a lot of wealth, so, you know, maybe you shouldn't fight with me, I'm doing pretty well. Rav Tzadik says, if you have these two Averis of Taiva and Kavod, of Asaph y- and Ishmael, the symbolism of each one is a donkey and an ox, right? An ox is proud, right? of is, is anger, it's honor, it's self respect, it's Haman, it's how dare you not bow to me. That's an ox. An ox is a proud animal, it's stubborn, it's, it's strong. That's Aesov. He looks at himself like an ox. That's ego. That's ego running amok. A donkey though, that's Yishmal. Donkeys are low. They're lazy. They're they're not they're not impressive. They know they're not impressive. They know they're not horses. They're donkeys. They, they know what they are. That's Yishmal. That's Achashvarish. That's base. Yaakov Avinu was saying, Sharva Khamar, I have the key to both. Again, the problem is, when you have someone that's struggling with a yishmal, the way you, do, you fix that problem is you lift him up and you raise him up and you remind him who he is. The problem is that someone is dealing with Esau, you got to lower him down. you got to say, hey, you're dirt and nothing. you got to humble him. So the, how do you deal with both at the same time? Yaakovinu says, I have both. How do you deal with both at the same time? So in number 6, Yaakov Yaakov, said about himself, I have the solution to both. Think about it. If Avram creates Yishmol, Yitzchak creates Esav. Yaakov is perfect. Yaakov has all the shvatim perfect. Yaakov is the solution to both. Yaakov is is able to overcome both Esav and Yishmol. What is Yaakov? Shor vachamar. Yaakov is the ability to solve both Esav and Ishmael at the same time. And how do you do that? It's very simple. Again, the problem is that when you have someone that's dealing with low stuff, you want to raise him up and say, you're you're a prince. But then you have, at the same time, he's also dealing with, with haughtiness and you got to lower him. How do you both raise someone up and lower him at the same time? How do you raise someone up but keep him in check? The answer is Yaakov Avinu. That's called Anava Dikadusha, which is Midis Yaakov Avinu, Anava Hagosha You know what Anava Dikadusha is? You know what Yaakov Avinu is? It's very simple. It's you're a part of something bigger. You're a small part that is a part of something bigger. Uh, if a Jew looks at himself like that, it's not that you're nothing and it's not that you're everything. What are you? You are it's called bittle. Bittle means you're an important cog of a much larger machine. The way Jacobine looked at himself was not haughtiness. He didn't look at himself as the center of the universe, but he didn't look at himself as nothing either. What did he look at himself? He looked at himself in the truest way, which is I am a member of Klael Yisrael. I am an important small part of a much larger picture. You see, when you think of it in those terms, you're important because the same way the Chavetz Chaim used to describe Klai Yisrael is like an orchestra, where you need all the instruments. And if there are some instruments missing, it won't play the same music. That means I'm important. But I'm only important because I'm a part of something bigger. Meaning, I'm not important on my own. You see, a Jew on his own, not a minion, yeah, but you're a part of a minion. that means what makes you special is because you're a part of something bigger. It's dafka because you're a member of a much larger cog, a much larger procession, a much larger, you're a member of Klai That type of mentality can hold you in check from not going to low places, but it'll also require you to not, to not, to not base yourself. You see, someone who has that mentality of, I'm a member of Kalal I'm important because I am the only me, but I'm only important when I'm a part of something bigger. It's a subtle Yisoyed, but that mentality, that's how you defeat, that's Sharva Shavachamar. See, if a Jew just thinks I'm the best thing in the world, I'm, I'm the best thing here, that's not healthy. Yeah, it might defeat Yishma, but it's going to fall right into Asav. And if you look around and you say, what am I, there's six million people, I'm nothing, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing, I, I can't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. Then that's that you're falling into falling into your shmol's hands. The answer is you look, you walk in the room and you say, I am a member, I am a prince of a princely nation. That's probably what it means. I'm a member, right? The Jewish people are called princes, it's a nation of princes. The question that Mafarshim asks, if everyone's a prince, then no one's a prince. The answer is no. Everyone has self-worth when they're a part of something bigger. That's Bitel That's the Chabad's version of Bitel Such a mentality, well, you won't do Averis because I'm a member of Klal Yisrael. But you're also not going to have gaiva either because I'm a member of Klal Yisrael. That's the mentality. My brother once mentioned that if that's Yaakov Avinu's Midah, each meal on Shabbos corresponds to a different Av. So Friday night is, is, is Avram, Shabbos morning, the Shabbos meal is Yitzchok. Shal Shuddis is Yaakov. The Balshemtiv made sure that Chal Shudis should be eaten in Shul with a lot of people, because that's Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is its power through numbers. You're an important individual when you're a part of something bigger. So you're not going to eat on your own, but you're not going to lose yourself in the crowd. You're not just a member of the crowd. You're an important part of the group. That's the way you're supposed to look at yourself. That when you walk into Shul, you say, "I'm one of the ten. I'm both incredibly important, but I'm also not the center of the universe at the exact same time. They all need me, I need them. That's how you defeat Esav and Yishmol. It could be, I was thinking, first of all, that's also why you have Mordechai and Esther. Mordechai is self-respect. And Esther is a part of, she gathers all the Jewish people together. She's sort of humility but I was even thinking even within Mordechai right? we had this problem of how do you defeat Haman and Ahasuerus at the same time the answer is you have to be like Yaakov Avinu. you have to know your self-worth but only when you're a part of something bigger that's how you defeat Haman and Ahasuerus at the same time the truth is Mordechai himself is interesting his mother and father were from different shevets they were from different tribes one parent was from Binyamin and one parent was from Yehuda one's from Rachel and one's from Leah we know that Rachel and Leah of Tzaddik says, Baal Tanya has an opposite, Chabad has an opposite version. But Tzaddik's version is that Rachel symbolizes the Tzaddik and Leah is the Baal Tshuva. The Tzaddik is strength, it's honor, they know who they are. The Baal Tshuva is humbled by his very nature. When you put them together, that you have the ability to know your self-worth but be humble at the same time, which is I know I'm important because I'm part of something bigger. That's Rachel and Leah together marry Yaakov. Binyam, Mordechai HaYehudi is both a member of Binyamin, of the world of Rachel. He knows his self worth, he's a tzaddik. But he also, is, his, his, his father, his mother came from, his mother, uh, father came from Yehuda. So his father is from the world of Leah, the Baal Both those people together create Mordechai HaYehudi the ability to stand up to Haman and he's strong, and he knows his self-worth, but he also knows that when saw Yisrael, Esther reminded him that when you need a miracle, gather all the Jewish people together. You're important because you're a part of something bigger. That's how you defeat Haman and Yishmael at the same time. Haman and Achashverosh at the same time. We started with that the way to defeat Haman is Machatz Hashekel. That's exactly what Machatz shekel is. Think about it. Every Jew gives a half, half dollar. Half dollar, half shekel. Half shekel is not a valuable thing. So each individual, that's like nothing. But you know what? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He gathered all of them, and what did he do with them? He made the sockets, right? Rashi brings down that the half dollars, half shekels, were all added together, and they were used to make the sockets, which the foundation of the Mishkan, the walls of the Mishkan, went into the sockets. So that means that each individual, on its own, it's a half dollar, it's nothing. But as part of something group, it's the foundation of the Mishkan. It's power... It's the individual's power through being a part of the group mentality. That's Machat Shekel. That mentality can overcome Haman and Achashverosh. That's how you beat Esav and Hamar. That's Mordechai Yehudi. That's Ruchel and Leia. That's Mordechai and Esther together. You don't bow down to Esav. You don't bow down to Haman. You know your self-worth because you have Klai Yisrael behind you. And because you're a part of something bigger. That mentality is the ability to overcome and that's Hachashakel. You gather all these half shackles from each individual Jews. Each on its own, what does it mean? But you know what? All together you need all of it and it makes the sockets. It makes the foundation of the Mishkan. That's the aside That's the mentality you're supposed to have in the Shabbos. To know your self-worth because you're a part of something bigger. So you won't do the Averis that are disgusting and low because you know yourself worth You're a part of Klal Yisrael. But you're also not going to become a Belgaiva and kick someone out of your seat and say, hey, who do you think you are? Because you're a member of Klal Yisrael. It's the same exact thing. That's the mentality. That's how you overcome all the evils of Esav and Yishmael. And this is the mentality that you're able to, like I said, that Yossi mentioned, Esav and Yishmael before Mashiach, they're going to gather together. The way to overcome it is this mentality. Know your self-worth because you're a part of something big. And that's how you won't fall, but you also won't go too high. Even. Even keel. That mentality will be able to overcome all ra. And that's chos, we should have the Machta Shekel again, but We shouldn't just say about it on Shabbos, we should be able to donate it, we should go back to the Bisamith may I